Take your Bibles tonight to Psalms 23. Psalms chapter 23. Was well, a good crowd for Wednesday night. You must have not heard that I was speaking. You thought maybe uh, Glenn was or something. But uh, good to see you all. Well, I had a great time at the Case's house. That was a lot of fun. Appreciate what they did. And, uh, Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, <clears throat> I shall not want. Now notice, I'm going to preach on those four words, I shall not want. A couple weeks ago, Maybe last Wednesday night, maybe a week ago on Sunday night, pastor preached on Psalms 23. And, uh, and when I read this, as, as he was preaching through it, I read it. I couldn't get my mind off of those four words. I shall not want. I just was stuck there. I didn't ignore the rest of the sermon, but I knew I was going to come back to that. And ever since then, every day I've been thinking about, I shall not want. That's a remarkable statement if you get to thinking about it. I think that sometimes we confuse want with needs. I've read story, uh, sermons by other people and stuff, and and, other, and, and books, and they compare want. What he's saying here is that David is not going to have any needs, that God will fulfill all of our needs. Well, a want is a different thing altogether than a need. And uh, Psalm, or Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The word need in the Strong's uh, dictionary means something necessary or required. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, it says, and then to verse 33, it says, Therefore I say unto you, unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they weep. Neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They to toil not, neither do they spin. Yet say I unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall, not he, not, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things 
do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father know that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. A need is something that the Father in heaven who watches over us, who knows our needs and supplies those needs even though we don't ask for them, but he knows that we need it. He knows we need water, so he sends rain. He knows that we need food, so he sends Food City. Or Costco. He sends, he sends animals, and vegetables, and plants that we need. God sends that to us. He knows that we need a Savior, so he sent his Son. Even before we knew we had a need, God our Father provided the answer or the answer to the need. He knows that we need the Word, so he gave us the Bible. He knows that we needed fellowship, so he gave us the church. He knows that we need a family, so he sends us a mate, somebody we grow old with, and children, and praise the Lord, grandchildren. Amen? Amen? keep the kids. I'll take the grandkids. Amen. Needs are things that are necessary that a loving father provides for us. Now as parents and future parents, you don't, uh, your children will not have to, you you're always have your eye upon them of what they need. They don't even know what they need. But you know what they need. So you provide for them their needs, even though they don't even know they need it. And you prepare yourself, and you save, and do whatever's necessary so they can have their needs. So a need isn't a want. A need is something that is required for us. A want is different. The word want in the Strong's uh, Dictionary means to fail. It means to decrease or to lack. A want in our life is something that causes us to, our relationship with God to decrease. A want is something that we think will satisfy our flesh. A want is something that creates a greater appetite and desire that can never be satisfied. Now I read, if you take your, in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 25, it says, the righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul. But the belly of the wicked shall want. Now notice, it says, David says, I shall not want. 
But here it says, the belly or the desires of the flesh shall want. So we see here that want is a bad thing. David says, I shall not want, but the wicked shall want. So want is a bad thing. It, it causes destruction in our lives. Now, I read somewhere that uh, David didn't write Psalms 23 when he was a shepherd boy. He wrote it later when he was being, he was ousted from his throne by his son Absalom. And he was hiding in, away from Absalom as they sought to hunt him and to uh, destroy him. And David wrote Psalms 23. Now, if you look at Psalms 23, it says, it says, leadeth him by the still waters. Well, still water, raging waters means in the pictures of the Bible is a picture of trouble. And it says here that David's led to the still waters because he has been in trouble. And it says, restoreth my soul. Let me see if if a soul is restored, it must have been away from God for him to restore it, like it says in Psalms 51. And so, and then, as we see that David had turned from God, and now he's restored back to God. We see that one, he walks through the valley of shadow of death. He's familiar with death. And then it says, his rod and his staff comfort him. The rod in the Bible is chastisement. And we see that David had been chastised as a man. And then it said that he had many enemies. So some of these words in Psalms 23 indicate that David was a mature man. Some of the things that he had went through in his life. And so he wrote these four words, I shall not want when he was in the middle of a very difficult, difficult and chaotic situation. He had been, his own son had turned against him, had chased him from the throne. His very friends had turned against him. The, the nation had turned against him. And here's David, and he writes the words, I shall not want. And what that means is that David is saying, I am content. I am content with where I'm at. I am content being chased from the throne. I am content being uh, uh, hunted. I am content because I have the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, and that's all I need. I have God, so I shall not want all these other things. I'm happy. The key to happiness and joy is being content with who you are and what you have. Isn't that right? And that's what David said, I shall not want. I don't, he, is it wrong for David to want to be back on the throne? No. It's perfectly normal. Is it, is it right for David to say, I'm tired of being chased, I'm 
I, I, want my, I want my freedom back. Is it, is it right for him to say? Yeah, he can say that. It wouldn't be wrong. But he said, I shall not want. What he's saying is, I am content with the situation I am, and I'm happy, and I have joy, even in the midst of all this chaos that's going on around me. Isn't that something? Here. And we see the secret for you and every individual in this room to have happiness in your life is to say, I shall not want. You know, we, we need to learn to be content with who you are. You know what God made you exactly the way you are? Have you ever been in your life and you thought, man, I'm not happy with who I am. I wish I was somebody else. But you know what? Paul said, I have learned that whatever state I am to be content. That means that Paul at one time wasn't content. Because he learned to be content. And one of the greatest lessons that we learn in life is to be content with who you are. In my, my own personal testimony, there's been times in my life that I wish I, wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't made that joke. I wish it was that this or did that or did this or did that. Then after a while, I realized, hey, that's just the way you are, Jerry. You just be yourself. Be yourself. Don't be try to be somebody else. Just be who you are. Be content with that. Be content with what you have. Be content with what you have what, and, and the abilities that God has given you. Be content with where you're going. Now, Paul said while he was in prison in Philippians, not that I speak in respect of want, Want he, he could have wanted to be out of prison. He could have wanted to be free again. He could have wanted to be better surroundings. He could have wanted to, he wanted to be, do all these other things. But look at what he says, as I said before. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore be content. Now isn't that something? I think that's the greatest lesson that we can all learn is to be content with who you are and what and the position that God has you in today. Amen. Matthew, it says, don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today. Just do your best today. Be the best person you can be today with the abilities that God has given you. Be content with that. Don't look back to yesterday and oh, how you did something wrong or you made a mistake. Don't worry about tomorrow because we know that God watches over you. So be content with where you're at today. 
Paul said, you know, want, want is, wants to rob us of joy. Want wants to take away our faith and our happiness and our fruitful relationships and answered prayer. Have you ever, they used to have them, I don't know if they have them anymore or not, but they used to have billboards and you'd see this beautiful or handsome young man. I think they used my picture up there, but the, I'm just kidding now. That's one of the things that I'll say tomorrow. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> they had a picture of a handsome or a beautiful young lady. And then over here, you see them years later after they've been on meth or something. And they look like they're 100 years old. Right? See, that's what want does. It gets you started and creates a desire and it consumes you and then it destroys your life you can't let go of it. You cannot feel the desire and the need and the addiction. What creates a is it creates a desire that cannot be filled. In Psalms chapter 34 and verse 10, it says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Well, there's nothing more powerful than a lion. And they're the king of the jungle. But their whole life is centered around want to feed their belly, to, to eat. But what's here, here is, but, and that their whole life is centered around that. But here, but they that seek the Lord shall not want of any good thing. Not want of any good thing. Sometimes things look good they're just not for us to have. Because God knows it will become something else to us and create a desire that we cannot control. And it creates in us an a attitude and it deceives us and we're, wherein it destroys our relationship with God the Father. Now, was it wrong for Paul to want to get out of jail? Yeah, that was a good thing. Was it wrong for him to want to be free? No. But he was content with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul, David says, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. David says, all I need is Christ. I don't need what the world provides. I don't need, I don't need to desire things that I really uh, don't need in my life that would cause a, a separation between me and God. We are just content with Christ. So many people are unhappy and dissatisfied with their lives because they have not learned to be content. I struggled this, with this for many years as a young pastor. Well, I wasn't young when I became pastor. I was 38, 7, something like that. And I, I went to a big church. I mean, thousands of people every Sunday. People getting saved every Sunday. 
But when I went out to ministry, I felt like I was a failure if I didn't meet that. It took me years to get over that. The sense of failure. The sense of want to have something instead of focusing on my relationship with Christ and let Him provide and lead me in that direction. It took me a long time to get over that. You know, have you ever, have you ever painted a bedroom in your house? You know what, you paint a bedroom in your house, you know what you need next? You, know, you need new furniture to go with the new color that you painted in the bedroom. Isn't that right? And then, of course, you have to have, if you've got new furniture, you have to get new light fixtures. I mean, you just can't have them old, the old hanging down lights and all that. You've got to get new uh, recess lights and these new kind that can show different colors and different shades of light. And then you're not happy with the furniture, then you have to buy a new bedroom suit. Right? You got a new pillows, new cameras, then you gotta have a new headboard, goes all with that. And then you're not then because you got new covers and blanket, now you gotta buy new curtains. To match the bedroom suit. And it goes on and on and on and on. You see what want does to it? Now I'm not saying it's wrong to paint. Bedroom, because I have painted many a bedroom and a bathroom and kitchen. That, but what the example is, is when your wanter gets in gear in your life, it never stops. I think I was talking to Bruce, Bruce listen, I was listening to Bruce talk Sunday afternoon when we had dinner together. And how in life you get so busy and focused, you, I heard him say this, that you, you miss the, the, the good things. And that's true. Right now, I am so focused on so many different things going on around me that I lose focus of the good things. Of my relationship with Christ, my relationship with my wife. You know, I've seen... In the ministry, I have seen couples that have trouble, and boy, they get they get married and they're so happy. Then after a year, they begin to struggle, and maybe one of them leaves and says, "Well, I have found greener pastures." And after they leave and divorce and all that terrible tragedy and hurt, they find out that the person they're with now is either is worse than the one they had when they started with. You know what? What caused it? Want. Want. Wealth is a good thing. There's nothing wrong. Wealth is a measure of the good decisions that you made in life. That's really what wealth represents. The good decisions that you made in life. And uh, to save and, and or make good decisions, that's really what wealth represents. But I am not jealous of any person that has more than I do. Out in the parking lot, I, I drive an old junkie, 1998 GMC Sonoma. It's got all kinds of dents in it because I had this tree along my driveway, and I get in it and I back into that tree about once a month. So to correct the problem, I just cut the tree down. 
wrecked my Jeep, and so fixing it up, I thought it was going to cost me too much money to fix it up, so I traded my Jeep for a paint job on my old truck. And I'm happy with it. I don't need, if you have a, a, a fancy, expensive, more power to you, I'm glad you do it because you made good decisions in your life and you deserve it. I don't need it. I'm happy with just driving around my old truck. I enjoy working on it. I enjoy changing the oil. I enjoy putting brakes on it. I, I enjoy that. You know what? Listen, <clears throat> I'm not very smart, but I work hard. I'm not very smart, but I do work hard. And you know what? I am happy with the tools that God gave me. I don't need, I don't need to be jealous of anybody. I don't want, want what somebody else has or their intelligence or their opportunity. I am happy with what God made me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Don't go around looking at people driving cars, fancy cars, and say, man, I wish I had that. Man, just be thankful you got what you got. Amen. You know what? Being a pastor of a church, people come and go in a church, don't they? You hate to see people go, and I've seen people get up and leave and, and, and things, you know. Well, I remember one time, when, I shouldn't have done this, it was stupid for me to do. People were on vacation, we was having like a Wednesday night service, and people came in, visitors, and they brought their dog inside the church. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I said something probably I shouldn't have said. But they got up and left because I said something about their dog. And, uh, but you know, when people leave a church, they'll go to another church and they'll find the same problems there. They'll find the same people there. And then maybe they'll go to another church. Pretty soon you mean you think, well, maybe it's not the church, it's us. You know what I mean? So wanting something different. And looking at another, well, that's a perfect church there. No, it's not. The thing to do is stay in your church and make it better. Yeah. Not to want what somebody else has, but make what you have better. And being at home, you know that, you're not going to believe this. Debbie and I got married March 18th. Was it March or May? May 18th. That's right, May. <laughs> I'm glad I got that corrected. May 18th, 1974. You know what that means? Next March, May 18th, we've been married 50 years. Amen. She is so lucky. <laughs> We've been married 50 years. Can you believe that? You know, you're living at home with your wife, or if you're an empty nester, or you have a family at home with you. You know what I mean? Just be happy with what you have. I wish when my kids 
were young that I had learned to be content with what I had. I wish I had learned that. I didn't. I always had to do more. I had to work more hours. I had to work more days. I had to get more, more, more. And what I didn't get was time with my two daughters. So want is something that can destroy your life. It can destroy your relationships. It destroys your self-respect. Uh, no, we need to be you know, just content with the Savior. I mean, that's, He is all we need. We know that He is watching us, and He is watching out for us. He is providing for us. He is meeting our needs in good times and bad. He is always there for us. Why do we why do we fall into the trap of want and wanting something else? Amen? Just be happy. That's, that's what makes a church happy and makes families happy is, is to just not have that wanter taking you away. Just be... No. No. Scotty? Look at Ashley and say, you're all I want. <laughs> and Ashley look at him and say, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, isn't it true? In my town, <coughs> we just need to be like David and say, I shall not want. God is going to provide. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time we've had together tonight. I pray you bless, bless this lesson uh, to our lives and help us to be happy and full of joy. Have real close relationships and help us to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for our church and everyone here, be the pastors he preaches. I pray you give him power and blessing. And be with us tonight as we go.